Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time. Okay? I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Two little mice found in a bucket of cream. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Be water, my friend. Welcome to Unstrategic, the podcast about digital strategy. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and today we'll be covering part two of strategic roadmapping. Last week we covered part one with the first two phases. This week we'll dive into the final two phases to complete the engagement. Just a quick recap, I do have the Trello board resource linked in the show notes, but last week we talked about the program synopsis, which consisted of the overview, group intelligence, and working with the right team members, the high-level overview of the four-phased approach, and the toolkit that we use. We also talked about phase one, the project opening, that consisted of initial activities, preliminary reviews on the data and materials we gained access to, and forming a baseline for the client's vision by performing stakeholder interviews. And then we moved on to phase two, which consisted of defining the current state. We went through a number of activities in this phase, including a web analytics analysis, a user experience and information architecture audits, a content inventory to weed out top quality content to help with business outcomes, a workflow audit of the client's internal process to publish that content, and finally a SWOT analysis looking at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Once all that was complete, we moved into sharing the findings with our clients and then refining the vision uh, if that was needed. Now, I'll pause here for a minute. If anyone would like to open the Trello board, uh, please do so now if you want to follow along. If not, I will be talking through each step of the last two phases. Okay, so when we spend as much time as we did in defining the current state, we have to now shift our focus over to identifying the ideal state, and we do this a number of ways. First is understanding the target audience, and there are a lot of different types of exercises for this. Second, we'll do some exploratory designs with key pages, unique content types, and information architecture to help with business outcomes, you know, catering to the target audience segments. And then third, we'll identify and outline the ideal workflow process with roles and tools needed to support each step. And finally, the last step of phase three will be validation. Step one of phase three is going to be user persona creation and definition. Now, most likely, you'll be working with clients that have these defined or have some idea of who their target audience is. If that's the case, now now is the time to revisit that documentation and look at it in the context of the client's future vision. Will these types of users help in succeeding in our vision? You know, what types of users are most likely to get us the business outcomes that we desire? If the question to those answers are different than the personas you have now on paper, then we need to start redefining, and we can do that with a couple of different exercises. So just a quick side note, I have put a link in the Trello card for this step that has the Creating Proto Personas episode that we did in Season 1, and it also has a link to the Creating uh, Proto Personas template. Uh, Those are in there as attachments. 
One of the exercises that I really enjoy the most is called a day in the life scenarios. You can either do this by getting a number of participants that fit the target audience segment and ask them questions about you know, what they do in their day and how they would interact with the website or the application. But keep in mind that this can be expensive and it does take time. The other way is by simply getting your team together, the client team and the agency team, and hashing this out in a workshop. Now, when you've got several unique and different minds together and start brainstorming with, with you know, uh, teams, there's some really positive results that can come out of it. If you take this route, you'll want to facilitate a workshop that outlines you know, the three to five prominent target audience segments. And you'll first start with listing demographics, so age, gender, economic status. Then you'll want to discuss the environment in which they'd use the website or application or whatever it is you're building. You know, home, work, uh, are they using this on the go? And then you want to talk about the user habits and mental models. Try to put yourself in their shoes and figure out what a day in their life looks like. These workshops are really meant to be open and fun, and essentially that will make them productive. If you, if you keep things open and fun, this usually means that people are, are keen to talking, and the whole goal is to keep your team members and client teams talking and discussing and uncovering. So I've put a number of resources on the card. Check it out. But the deliverable for this step, depending on the size of the organization and how many user segments they have, we want to have anywhere between you know, two and, and maybe even upwards of 10, 15 defined user personas. I mean, if they're an e-commerce store that's catering to a bunch of different uh, users selling a number of different products, then you would have a lot of user personas. Now, I always say that you know, three to five are usually uh, the right amount, but again, it's going to depend on the organization. All right, so step two of phase three is when we start, you know, having some fun by doing exploratory designs. And depending on how engaged your client is, I would recommend you do an initial workshop with your internal team and then a workshop with the client to get their input. With your internal team, you'll start by brainstorming, whiteboarding, sketching, and then the designer should be able to take things, you know, once there's a consensus and mock things up. When you involve your client, the designer should be able to facilitate a workshop with design thinking and sketching with the client. One thing you'll notice in this step is that it correlates to step two and three of phase two, defining the current state where we talked about the user experience analysis, information architecture audit, and content inventory. If you think about it, these are the elements of the project that are, are going to impact your client's business outcomes. For example, if the business outcome is to increase revenue on a particular service that's offered by your client on their website, you'll need to think about where it should be placed, information architecture, how users will easily find it and, and take the preferred action, user experience, and finally optimizing the content that will captivate and convert, content inventory. So having all those pieces you're going to want to outline a new navigational structure. So, you know, feel free to get creative on this. Do a couple of different variations. Um, you'll identify key pages and features. So your homepage, landing pages, cross-sell sections, content pages, paths to conversion. Then you can create clickable wireframes using, you know, Photoshop and Envision, or I use Experience Design or XD by Adobe. Uh, it's actually pretty cool and easy to use, and it is included in the, the $10 per month 
Creative Cloud subscription, I believe. Um, so check that out if you want. But the goal here is to identify the ideal future state of whatever it is you're designing and building in its simplest form. Now, let me stress that in its simplest form, at its very core, the road mapping exercise is to help us build something down the line. It is not to include all the bells and whistles. We'll, we'll do that, you know, in the main project. But right now we're trying to conceptually see if these exploratory designs get us close to our ideal future state. The deliverables for this step are going to be two versions of the new information architecture, and this is going to be for client input. You're also going to want to identify the key pages on the paths to conversion, and then you will want to produce clickable wireframes outlining content types and those key page templates. We're going to move into step three of identifying the ideal state by prototyping the workflow. We can do this either in a diagram or a workflow map, or we can do it directly in the content management system, which will give clients a, a hands-on experience. We'll need to think about what the workflow needs to achieve as effectively as possible and what a list of ideal outcomes would be. Your technologist will be needed to help with setting up content types on the back end, the necessary inputs, the necessary tools. But just as the last step correlated to the last phase, this step will correlate with the workflow step in phase two of defining the current state. We know where the bottlenecks are and we know where things get delayed or are cumbersome. So it's really a matter of taking this stuff out or smoothing it out within the client's level of comfort. And what I, what I mean by that is you have to realize that within these workflows, there might be areas of redundancy or unnecessary steps, or even roles, people, which could cause great concern to some folks if you're suggesting to get rid of a step that equates to workers losing their jobs. So work internally on this first and put together your ideal recommendation, the client's, um, I'm sorry, the agency's recommendation on the fastest, most effective way to get content out. Then you can always do another version depending on the traditional values of the organization you're working with. We ultimately want to make the workflow easier. And sometimes that doesn't mean changing the process, but just changing the tools for the process. It's something that you'll have to consider with care when you're doing this exercise. So I always say, you know, be honest with your clients. Let them know what you think is the best route for this but have another option available if they don't meet you know, your level of enthusiasm about the most effective way to do something, especially when it comes to this type of a workflow. The finalized deliverable is either a workflow diagram or map or a designless prototype, also known as a, a gray site or a white site to demo backend capability and, and front-end functionality. The final step in phase three is going to be validation, and this will consist of user testing. I'll be clear here and say that many times agencies and teams won't get validation. They'll skip completely over this step and get approval from the client based on the deliverables we've already created and produced and go directly into phase four and roadmap the current state to the ideal state. Now, I'm not saying that this is right or wrong. It depends on the budget, the timeline, the team's capabilities, and so on. 
What I am saying is that validation can have real-world implications for your client's business, and it can tell you if you are on the right track or way off base. You can use online user testing software to upload the wireframe prototypes and get you know, feedback from a handful of users, and it might point something out that you, know, you or your team didn't realize before. And overall, it just gives us more insight from an outside perspective that's within our users' demographics, which, you know, let's face it, nowadays is, is pretty imperative. So if you have the time, you have the money, and the capabilities on user testing, do it. If you don't, then trust your instincts, trust your client's vision, and move on to phase four. Okay, the last phase, road mapping. We have defined the current state, we've identified the ideal state, now we need to put these things side by side and find the gaps. Once we've done that, we'll finalize the strategic vision deck and create a detailed implementation plan outlining each step. Then we'll also create a, a mini version of the roadmap to use as a beacon to steer the project. All right, so step one of phase four is the gap analysis. It's, it's determining which gaps exist between the current state and the ideal state. So we'll document the gaps or the difference between the two, and this should be relatively straightforward. We have you know, both IA maps, both workflows, both UXs. So we'll list out ways to achieve the desired outcome by stating the goal and the objectives and breaking those down into steps or requirements. So an easy example of this would be a gap between the current sitemap and the ideal sitemap. So find the difference, break that gap down into steps, whether that's creating new pages and you know, ultimately creating new content types, and then we're gonna prioritize those requirements. So you know, we're missing X page and Y page, we need to create content, create page designs and functions and implement. But a more complicated example of this would be content revision to meet business outcomes. You would have to find a piece of content, usually a, a top quality piece or a top converting piece, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a low converting piece, and determine the gap between the current outcome and the ideal business outcome. This would consist of looking at the web analytics analysis, assigning it to a user persona segment, and potentially revising with the, with the new workflow to publish the piece. By defining the current state and identifying the ideal state, you will have natural gaps that uncover themselves. So rely on your SWOT analysis to help with the gap analysis, and you can always try a technique called the five whys if you get stuck on how to bridge a gap. Basically, it's an exercise that allows you to dive deeper into uncovering the right solution to something. So you can have gaps that are, that are easy to bridge and others that are complicated. The deliverable will be a gap analysis prioritizing requirements to bridge gaps. So step two of phase four is finalizing the strategic vision deck with the implementation plan. This is essentially the roadmap. The elements that you should include here are, you know, obviously the finalized future state of the site. So goals, objectives, business outcomes. Defined user personas. You want to have the results of the user testing if any was done. The finalized information architecture and wireframes. 
and then the implementation plan that outlines any functional requirements for the IA, the wireframes, the content, or the workflow. You'll want to put in the, the results of the gap analysis and then update the timeline and cost estimates to the project. You know, again, I want to note that the finalized deck is essentially the roadmap, how to get from the current state to the ideal state, considering all the elements. You'll use it to go on to the next phase of your project, which is usually, you know, further designs, uh, building, and, and launching the project. So the deliverable here is a finalized deck with future state defined, user personas outlined, key points of user testing results, completed information architecture, identified gaps, and implementation plan divided into roles, tasks, start and end dates, status, and any notes that you want to add to it. Alright, so step three, or the last step of the last phase, I call the high-level roadmap. Now, you can skip this step if you want to, because basically what it is, is it's, it's going to be a, a high-level overview of the strategic vision uh, deck and implementation plan, um, just in a minified version. And, you know, essentially we want to create a shortened, more digestible version of the finalized deck for the team members to stay on track. So you, you should have in this high-level roadmap the future state business outcomes, the defined top three user personas, the high-level workflow for the client, and then the implementation outline, and that's roles, tasks, start and end dates, and status. And what I did is in this card, I've put together a template that you can use as a high-level roadmap. And obviously the deliverable is the high-level roadmap. You want to keep team members on track, and sometimes it's too difficult to digest you know, a, a huge deck or document um, that's, you know, 50 pages long instead of having something that's, you know, very quick and to the point that's only five pages long. So think about doing this step, but you, you know, you don't have to. The last thing I'll mention is that it's always helpful from a workflow perspective to have a status label. So I included a legend on the Trello board that outlines the status you can give to each card. Things like to do, in process, completed, client assets needed. It can help keep you on track. So guys, I appreciate everyone tuning in uh, for part two of strategic road mapping. And as always, we hope this was helpful. Please feel free to reach out to us on social. We just created a LinkedIn company page. So, you know, follow us if you'd like. We'll be putting resources on LinkedIn in addition to Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Uh, also, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but we are on Google Play and Stitcher. So tell your friends about us and feel free to reach out if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or if you'd like to you know, really learn about some aspect of digital strategy. Guys, I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and we'll be back to see you in a few weeks. Cheers. Cheers.